0: Good evening, dear listener. Welcome to the second episode of season two of Weekend at Crombies 2, The Legend of Crombies Gold. We are deep diving into seven of Rob Reiner's most famous films. And for this episode, we will be reviewing Stand By Me.
1: Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombie's Two: The Legend of Crombie's Gold, Season Two, Rob Reiner's Seven. My name is Hugh. Do you think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman?
0: And uh, my name is Doctor James Evans, Esquire. Mayor Gordy bathed on his wife's tits. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. I had to. I had to.
1: In fairness, it's very hard to pick a line from this movie that doesn't have uh, some kind of cutting in it. <laughs> so there, go, there goes that, goes our family rating. And let's well, you know out. what?
0: Screw, screw, screw it! Yes. screw it! yeah, screw, <laughs> it. Yeah, screw <laughs> them. The
1: lid's coming off now. Um,
0: <laughs> well, this however, is this is almost this is weekend that comes after dark, isn't it?
1: Exactly. <laughs> we we are we are channeling twelve-year-old boys here. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but anyway, let's move me, on. So, let's move
1: on. so uh, the the uh, the theme <laughs> the theme of this is um is of course the seven great films of Rob Reiner, and we're Indeed. taking them should we, in.
0: Should we just go through a list again, just so that um, the listeners can be reminded?
1: Well, I'd say given the release schedule of these movies, they'd get very tired of that very quickly. So let's leave it in. in, in we they, they know what the seven are. We know what the
0: seven are. <laughs> you know what the seven are, don't you, listener?
1: Yes. Well, you know what this one is going to be. And this one's going to be Stand by Me. Yeah, it is. Which was, uh, um, do we know what order it was in the, In this? Race, third. Race, race,
0: this, third. Is, okay. this was his third film, um, just after the Shaw thing and before the Princess Bride.
1: OK, interesting, interesting crossovers in, in, in casting and... Uh, yeah, production definitely. for this, um lots definitely. to dig into, and because there's so much to dig into, and it's a relatively straightforward story, we hope to to <laughs> rattle through it. <laughs> I say this with all tension We hope yeah. to rattle through it fairly quickly, so we can get our teeth into it.
0: The um, only thing I would say is that yeah, the film is short, and at 86 minutes, there oh. is a very real possibility that the, this podcast will be longer than the film. <laughs> <laughs> Did it win any awards? Did it win, like
1: get an academy awards? And if it was not, nominated.
0: Won, nominated. It was nominated for 2 I think. Well, one for best adapted screenplay and one for best director.
1: Ah well, interesting. Okay. There so we go. Got Rob rhino off on off on the, the blocks then. So um it's uh, it was 1986 made and it's yeah. uh, it's a coming of age story.
0: Um It is it, it's a Stephen King book isn't it called The it's, Body a novella? Stephen, Stephen
1: King novella yeah. Um yeah. I tell you what. Again, he apparently said. Again, we'll come to the uh, probably the analysis. It was one of his favourite adaptations of his of his work. Yeah. But I mean, Stephen King. There's no surprise. Is a huge source of um oh, of, movie movie um material, especially his short stories. In fact, it's almost like the the novels, yes. the famous ones. They struggle being adapted, but the, the shorts—they're short too is... long.
0: I think the, the famous ones. To but a also, extent.
1: yeah, and also the baggage attachment, because no one, no one has heard of the body or even yeah, the short right. Redemption story before before this. But you know, we get get a short story and run with it. You've got a bit of freedom to yeah, make it. To the a Green
0: movie. Mile's is another one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, we could go on and on and on.
0: We could, and we and <laughs> we probably will, <laughs> but, but not just yet. No, for it is
1: uh, it is nineteen eighty six, but we are going back to uh, nineteen fifty nine, um, uh, when. Uh, in fact, we're doing it in media res, actually, because it's, it's probably is 1986 when um, when an adult writer, Gordy Lachance, played by um, <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss. Nicely, nicely pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has, uh, has just received news or read an article about a man who was stabbed to death in a restaurant. Um, and it turns out that man was um, Chris Chambers, his childhood friend, which like by uh, River Phoenix. Played by Yes, uh, we will, um, we'll come to the, what the young actors played like, but obviously, you know, the, uh, we fade back into the mists of time, into uh, yeah. summer 1959, when um, Gordy and his friend Chris, along with uh, his two other friends, Teddy and Vern, so we'll say, um, they're basically, they're the four the best of friends, so um, Gordy. All very different
0: though, weren't they? They're all, some might say they're archetypes.
1: Incredibly so, we'll come into the, the theme, <laughs> themes of this yeah. later, but uh, <laughs> so we have uh, Gordy played by we'll say young, everyone's a young, a young Wilburton. Yeah. Um, yep. Chris played by uh, River Phoenix. Uh, so um, Will Wheaton is Gordy. You can tell he's the writer. He's the, the scrawny, sensitive friend. Um, yeah, his he's best a friend thinker, isn't he? Yeah, and his his best friend is Chris Chambers, who's River Phoenix. Gordy again looks like a kind of a, a junior um, Marlon Brando. He's got his uh, his t-shirt does, with the cigarettes tucked yeah. in his
0: sleeve. First uh, scene is is Brando esque, isn't it? When he's yeah, in yeah. the um, he's in the treehouse.
1: Yeah, well, oh, no, yeah. Brando escorts. Um, who's the other one? Who's uh James Dean? Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's he's kind of the, the the definitely the unspoken leader of the gang. Um, then we've got the other two hangers on. Uh, Teddy, played by Corey Feldman, um, who was already mm. something of a
0: child star. Um, I suppose he was been in Goonies that year as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, he's uh basically the uh the oddball. Um, he's uh he's what is it? He's a uh, he's Better describe describing. He's got issues. He's, uh, his <laughs> yeah, he has
0: issues with his dad. His dad, his dad violent. seems violent.
1: His dad seems to be a war veteran who's got like yeah. um, PTSD issues, yeah. which he's brought out on on young Teddy, who seems to have picked up a lot of these issues as well.
0: Um, one of the first. One of the first at Normandy.
1: He keeps saying, "Yeah, first of the first of the beach at Normandy." Now he yeah. likes, you know, he's um, it's interesting that he's he's meant to look, you know, extra oddball, but um, because he's got these big, thick, black glasses. Yeah. But they're now quite chic. It's like, it's, yeah, it, yeah, I was thinking that as well. Because trans- in the, like in the eighties, in the fifties, you like always wear the, the crappy old glasses. But yeah. now it's like, Ooh, they're the closest oh, they're glasses.
0: Oh, definitely, the-, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Bo- boho passed. style yeah. now.
1: But uh, but uh, Teddy is not the bottom of the pack, order, what? Because this falls to Vern. Um, <laughs> who, poor poor um. I, I can, he's it it would be wrong to call him a fat kid because he's barely fat. He's just a little bit chubby. No, he's but... he's
0: got he's got baby fats and he's just yeah, chubby yeah, sort yeah. Of. yeah. Um,
1: but he's he's known as the fat man. He's again, he's the he's the one they all make fun of, put upon. Um, he's ever so overexcited. He's just glad to be part of the group. Um, played by Jerry O'Connell, who we we can just mention now. Um, long bottomed up, quite uh, quite dramatically, it, very much so. Yeah, I, thought I I couldn't
0: put my finger on um, oh. who he was, and then I I, I looked up the actor. yeah and on the, some... on the God, arm what? on the
1: arm of model and actress Rebecca Romijn.
0: Yeah, well there we go. You know, look from there you go, kids. from caterpillars do birth butterflies. Butterflies, <laughs> that'll do, won't it? <laughs> yeah, you can put that in a tea towel. <laughs> from either... Caterpillars birth butterflies.
1: <laughs> but either, either way, we've got our we've got our little gang of, of We've Got world. a quartet, haven't we? I got a quartet, and it's it's. It's com- they live in again a small town in Oregon um, it's called kind of Castle Rock. Called Castle Rock, which again gave name to the famous production studio. After that, but it's 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 very much boys and adventure. They live in a in a treehouse, literally literal, a literal treehouse. You'd imagine, you know, like Charlie. They Brown don't live tree. in a the treehouse. They don't live in it. they're, they're, it's the gang. The gang's yeah. hideout is a treehouse, and it's a lovely treehouse. It's not just a, a crappy. Bit oh, it's tree beautiful, tree isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, you know, they're, they're playing cards and upturned milk carton, carton yes. and they're smoking their little cigarettes, and they're they're cussing up a storm and all this kind of stuff. So it's a, it's. But Vern races in um, with news uh, that um, as he was hiding under his house looking for a jar of pennies. Which is, <laughs> this actually feels like it's, it's a not as
0: odd to- as it sounds.
1: He buried a jar of pennies under his house, um, so he could build to a treasure map to find him, but his mum threw the treasure map away, so now he's got a jar of pennies in there somewhere. Yeah. And they cut to a shot of him under the house with a million holes and him scrabbling around like a woodchuck trying to find his pennies. Um and I think the, the cause Richard Rafis is narrating over this every now and again to give us a bit of context. Yeah. And suddenly like you would you'd laugh if it wasn't so tragic. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Vern, while he's into the house, has overheard his elder brother, who's a uh, who's a member of a much tougher gang—the Cobras. The Cobras, um, the Cobras pro- proper tough guys now, led yeah. by Kiefer Sutherland, who's ace uh, yeah. and got some um, bad hombres. Like you know, they're seventeen and they smoke even worse cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, they smoke <laughs> even more cigarettes. And they, make- have, they have like a flick knife between them. It's like, oh, we don't mess with the Cobras. Um, but the—it's uh... that
0: very nineteen eighties um, family film kind of look, isn't it? Bad yeah. guy look. Yeah.
1: Yeah we, can definitely, yeah, we can definitely come into the, the aesthetics of this. But anyway, uh, a couple of members of the gang, including Vern's brother, has, were, they were boosted in a car and they came upon um, a, a body of a young boy who got hit by a train. Um, and they're kind of debating, can, should we call the police? Should we you know, reveal his whereabouts? Um, I think they're mostly concerned about it would get them famous rather than doing the decent thing of, of, of giving this boy a, a proper burial. There isn't but,
0: really a reason why they don't tell the police, though. I mean, the, other the, than other than they're in a gang, so I well, suppose no, the, it's probably the, the not ras- great, is it? The
1: rationale they're giving is that the only way they could have reached the location is in oh, a car, yeah. and they'd stolen the car. Yes, um, that's it. So that's it. We, we can't... So they sway to the secrecy, um, but Verne's heard about this, so they reckon if they, if they get there first they can be in the papers um so that's the plan they they basically tell their respective parents they're all going camping and they reckon they can get there in a couple of days find the body be heroes um and that's the plan. They they go and get all their stuff. Vern even brings a comb, um so they can, <laughs> yeah. they, can so they can comb their hair. So they don't, they don't bring any food, that's an issue halfway on no. the journey. <laughs> no one brings food. Actually it's complete the like, four boys would completely do this, is that yeah yeah, again without doing gender stereotypes. If there'd been a the girl in the gang, she would have remembered food. But the boys that yeah. they well, there'd be been water. more
0: organization happening, wouldn't there? Yeah. You know, Instead it, of it, it'd comb. still been the shambles, but it would have been slightly less of a shambles. Yeah. Um so
1: they obviously uh, also we, as as they're thirty
0: all... miles though, isn't it? They've got to walk. <laughs>
1: Well, that's thirty miles as a twelve year old reckons it. It could be oh years. And like you know it's like I've been walking for months. Mind you, it's it's a journey that's supposed to be made in about again a day and a half. So it's a it's yeah. a long old trek. And again, having just made fun of the twelve year olds, if I'd been part of that group, I'd have been sat down the train tracks after oh. about half an hour, it's like I'm knackered, I can't do any more.
0: There's also no way I would have camped outside in the Oof. night just randomly. No, yeah. hell no. No, yeah, like, but they, was, you know, this, this is, is
1: the, the late 50s, isn't it? Yeah, right. so, so it kids, their kids were so free that they could just go out and camp yeah. and they could smoke cigarettes. And uh, and if one of them got run over by a train, that's just well, the cost yeah. of doing business, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because say, well, play, kids used to play it all day, all night, it's like, yeah, but some of them got run over by trains. So, you yeah. know, it's a, a, yeah. a shorter leash isn't always a bad thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like there was like chronic emphysema because like everybody smoked four <laughs> of cigarettes a day and started at the age of 11. So, you know, it's not all
1: good. That's true. <laughs> Although, again, we will we will say uh, in, in defense of Rob Reiner, um, a, a rabid anti-smoker, um, he, he insisted all the cigarettes in the film were made of cabbage leaves. <laughs> really? So they tasted so disgusting that none of the boys could. A, it was nicotine and B, no one could possibly enjoy smoking them.
0: Yeah, it didn't really work for River Phoenix though so in the end, did it? <laughs> <laughs> or
1: indeed Corey Feldman. Well, you know, Rob Reiner's not their mother. <laughs> no, he, I suppose he isn't, is he? <laughs> um, but so where were we? So they're, they're making their trek now. and um, We actually do, as they were preparing for their journey, we get some insight. Like I said, we said Teddy um, has issues with his father, who um, actually burned his ear off at some point, mm. which is... Um, Dr- drastic. Um, again, uh, Chris uh, Chambers uh, from Phoenix. Again, he's he's from a, a bad neighborhood. Basically, he's like a, oh, that Chambers kid. Um, yeah. So he's clearly got a bad name. And indeed, um, even young Gordy, he's uh he's, he comes from what you call a decent home, but it's very traumatized because his elder brother, um, Denny, um, I think was killed the, the year
0: earlier. Um, yeah, played by John Cusack.
1: Played by John Cusack, who, um, and it, Denny, we can give it, is the apple of everyone's eye. He's, he's yeah.
0: vastly football, football, Yeah, footballer, isn't he? He's a football he? hero, and he's, yeah. like, he's,
1: he's confident. He's lovely to his younger brother. He's not a bad thing about Denny. Um, no. There's even flashbacks with me. He gives him his lucky cap and he gets sepia tinted, uh, isn't it? Absolutely, because yeah, when, when they're all at dinner and, you know, the, the father is like, you know, praising Denny and, you know, denigrating yeah. Gordy, why can't you be more like Denny? Yeah. Um, Denny's first to his defence saying, I loved your story, Gordy, you should write, you're, you're so good at this kind of stuff. So God bless dead Denny because he can't play football. <laughs> but of course, ha- being now dead, um, his parents are traumatised and basically Gordy describes as the samurai didn't exist. I mean, his father is totally like, you know, um, he doesn't actually say why couldn't it be you, that's, that's all in Gordy's head. But it's all like, why can't you make nice friends like your brother could yeah. when you play football yeah. like a normal boy, etc.? Um, so the boys are quite happy to get away for a couple of days. Actually, none of them have got particularly nice home life. So um, off they go on their journey. Um, the first impediment, I think, there's, there's a little thrill where a trains coming along, and um, and Teddy is convinced he can face it down. You <laughs> basically stand. I don't
0: know the... my my, um, my experiences of large metallic vehicles is that you probably aren't going to win.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say train versus pedestrian. Train wins <laughs> nine <laughs> times out of ten. <laughs> 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 Where's what's the tenth time? Well the tenth Just... time is what happens here was when Chris leaps on the oh, tracks truth, and drags truth. Teddy free. Um Teddy I was, he was he... like
0: paralyzed or something for <laughs> the
1: tenth time. <laughs> Teddy was convinced he could have made he could have jumped out in time, but yeah, they have yeah. a big argument. The boys are constantly squabbling. There is there's um there's no discernible pecking order, even though Chris is probably the most alpha of the group, um they are they are you know a complete shambles. Um, yeah. again constantly deriding each other again, um the the narrator um you know, says you know the 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 mark of a good person is to to insult the other person's mother in as many offensive and gratuitous ways <laughs> as, well as possible uh, and they they continue doing this um they do then find out half the journey that no one brought any food so they have to camp out in a in a local scrapyard while um Gordy is sent off to town with something like two dollars and thirty seven cents to buy their provisions yeah which gets Vern
0: contributes seven cents because he hasn't found his penny jar <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it can
1: Okay, so again, he, he buys some. Again, I can't denigrate a 12 twelve one, but he buys like um, he buys yeah. bottles of Coke. Like if you if you had that, if you could, you know, you on a, a two day journey. Water. He, yeah. He, well, they got water from the pump. Water's yeah, okay. But you, well, you, then just use spend if you've got water,
0: spend it on food.
1: Yeah. So he if buys he, Coke. He, he buys four bottles of uh, Coca Cola, and then he um, buys some burger buns, and then just buys raw meat. Yes. <laughs> 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 that they're gonna, which they do can have a cookout later but you can't have raw meat in a paper bag in your backpack, it's like, alright <laughs> Emphasia up be the thing that gets
0: you after all <laughs> The shopkeeper doesn't question him either
1: I know, they get, well again it's a quite nice moment with the shopkeeper, not nice but it's quite revealing, Again, the shopkeeper's like, oh I remember your brother Denny, um, yeah. and he was a great football player you play football and again, Gordy is kind of just paralysed by this whole thing he, he's, he's a bit introverted and he just doesn't know how to deal with people yeah. Um, and so he doesn't have how to deal with, the, again, the, the grief of his brother or people reminding him of it. Um,
0: so he says, I don't... He says, um, no, I don't. And then the guy says, what do you do? Yeah, I don't he do anything. Uh, don't, don't do anything, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but off they go, he makes it back to the... Um, the uh the, the scrapyard although there's a, a little chase with a dog who they uh who they're convinced uh, is uh the little dog Chopper. The, this dog lives in legend although it's actually quite a cute little pooch. Um, it. Although it's not enough to stop them all leaping over the fence in terror that them um, these guys, Chopper is gonna um attack their balls because he's been specially trained to do that. Um, but off they off they go on their hike continuing um and they uh they they camp out cooking their their burger meat hopefully to perfection. <laughs> Uh, and then Gordy, Gordy tells the the story. He, again, Gordy is good at making up yeah. stories. He, he's very much like a proto Stephen King, um, and, yeah. and tells. Well, Stephen
0: his, King did say that this was very autobiographical.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing they managed to get it into Oregon rather than Maine. Um, I think that yeah, ma- allegedly was
0: yeah. set in maine <laughs>
1: um, But uh, yeah, so the, uh, he tells the story of again this uh, this large boy who got his revenge on the whole town by eating a piping contest uh, and and inducing mass vomiting amongst everybody. <laughs>
0: It's such a weird segue, isn't it? It is, um, but and, and
1: the it's also, it's also told in visuals, so you get yes, to see is. the Bafarama, which is so over the top too. It, it's straight from the yeah. imagination of a boy. It's not because yeah. it's not a true story. It's it's a it's a fairy tale story. Um, and uh, as, as kind of the, the hours draw in, and they kind of they're keeping watch for werewolves. Uh, it's the first where they kind of um, for werewolves for were werewolves.
0: It, there? It, so Stephen it's just King wolves surely. Stephen King. It could be werewolves. I guess. Yeah.
1: This is where chris breaks down because the boys now start to open up first i mean teddy's had a a bit of a, a, a emotional outbreak when he they uh, talk to the junk store um the, yeah. the junk um owner who basically says your dad's a loony um yeah he's in the mental house and you're a loony too and teddy's he's got, even though again teddy has a strange relationship with his father um won't have him bad mouthed, and he's going yeah. you know, screaming at this junk owner um now it's chris's turn who basically um he basically hates Having a bad name, you know, he he. Everyone knows he's a, you know, his family is no good, and he's a, yeah. thief and no good will come because he's um. They're all. This is this is also a watershed for the boys. It's their last summer adventure before they go to is it junior high or high, whatever the I next it's school. Junior high isn't it? Yeah, junior time. high, and then yeah. they said um, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Vern, and Teddy will go into like you know, metal working class, yeah. and Gordy will get college applications <laughs> because he can make something of himself.
0: But things That's... don't change, do they? All these years later, it's the same <laughs> at school. <laughs> you do woodwork. You're a thicke, aren't you?
1: Do you know what? I'd have I'd have loved to learn a bit of woodwork now.
0: Now it's now. great because all the people that did woodwork, they're you know in their massive houses because <laughs> everyone <laughs> needs carpentry.
1: Yeah, and electricians and plumbers.
0: Yeah, and no nobody needs you know middle management planners. For <laughs> <Yes>. God's sake, <laughs> do they? They oh, need plumbers and well, carpenters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do <it> again, James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a carpenter. Yeah. Um. So there we are. So,
1: uh, but yeah, Chris is basically um. He's he's tired of of, of having the bad name. He's even recalling an occasion where he stole milk money at school, then returned it, but the teacher then re-stole the money and never <laughs> and, and, get, and knew that Chris would take the blame and everyone would yeah. believe her. Um. So again, and actually. Chris breaks down and cries at this, and again, props to the scene of River Phoenix because it's a great performance. He's like, he, he, oh, prob- yeah. he probably he, goes for it.
0: Yeah, um, but it just—I mean, it just goes to show. Of, of all of the four actors there, he—he's—he's he's got the chops, hasn't he? He's got the it, acting chops. Whew.
1: Oh yeah, I mean we um, we can jump into it right now. There is yes. yeah, of, of the four of them, three are kind of child actors who are capable of delivering their lines yes. and doing it. Yeah. And one is an actor. I mean yeah, he is, is properly acting. He's a and,
0: star, isn't he? Yeah.
1: And head and shoulders about the rest. I mean quite literally right. He's he's, he's quite he's, maybe he's a year or yeah. two older than the other maybe. game. Maybe.
0: Um
1: but he's certainly yeah, more mature and able to deliver a real yeah. performance. Uh, and so along they go again, continuing um, the next day, eating berries now because, of course, they only had enough burger meat for one meal. How these? <laughs> Maybe it was a different time. You could get by on so little. Uh, they have. They they fall into a pond. They get covered in leeches. Yeah, they um, do, do not they? Uh, and and they they trek on. Um, in the meantime, of course, uh, the the mm-hmm. tough gang of cobras um, in between um, smashing up. Um, mailboxes and, and carving the cobras yeah. l-
0: low-level crime yeah well, they're giving you could themselves... imagine you know from yeah. a from a from a rural town just you know smashing yeah. up letter boxes
1: I mean, they're giving each other cobra tattoos by obviously scraping on their their oh, shoulders with yeah, razors which you gotta think blood poison will take care of the cobras in a couple of days anyway <laughs> <There's>...
0: <laughs> you can't I mean... do that my knowledge, you don't get a tattoo by just using a razor blade. You need well, ink you know, as well.
1: Well, no, if you, if you like, if you rub it with dirt or whatever ink, it will, it will, oh. it will. It's horrible.
0: oh no, no.
1: Maybe they have to keep on doing it every couple of days before it scabs over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's grim. It is grim. Anyway, so they, um, the the two uh, Vern's older brother and the other guy, after keeping silent for like I think uh, thirty six hours, or a new record, yes, yes. Um, they they get they they both independently Struggling to no say, yeah, you know, they say I can tell you something, but you can't tell anyone else. Yeah, and, and Keep Seven plays this so well. It's like you can tell me. I'll i swear no one, no one will know. And as soon as he tells him, he goes, hey gang, he just told me this thing. <laughs> Not a just breezes through the breach of confidence, no worries at all. Um, and Ace is very much like that. He's uh, a a Keith Sutherland does a very good psychotic hood. I mean, he was kind of similar in Lost Boys as well.
0: Um, Almost the same role, really.
1: They said again, Keith Sutherland stick um, again. This is he either plays uh, ordinary people in crazy situations or crazy people in ordinary situations. Um, yeah, okay. he's, he's got that toggle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and,
1: and therefore, um, so he's he, they now think um they don't pretty much care how the police know they find it if they find the body first they'll get their pictures in the paper so they get in their cars and drive off to it so uh having cars they arrive at the dead body which indeed it is a, the young dead body um uh at that same time basically Find find Ray yeah. Brower is the young body there they find him it's quite um, a
0: sad scene
1: I mean. it's quite a sad scene especially for Gordy, who kind of it all comes up now um yeah the, the fact that the death of his brother and the yeah. fact that he basically thinks his father hates him um and this is the Will Wheaton's turn for the emotive scene. It's, it's again not quite as strong, but it's, it's very sad.
0: Yeah, you know. yeah. as you uh, say, he's he's a child actor who is able to emote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and that's that enough. A
1: very, it's a very well again. It, it's again, it's it is quite nice. Um, you know, this, these, you know, the four gang of toughs, they basically, they're, they're, they're essentially clueless and they, they, um, they spend most of the time just running each other down or posturing or yeah. puffing out their chests. But in these moments, they do their best to come to each other and they're not very good at it, but they do their best. They're, they they yeah. try and like put a hand on their shoulder and, and look after each other. And I think that's kind of the, the standby me thing, but we'll come to that further, I guess, in the analysis. Because then Ace and the gang arrive and, uh, and they're armed with a switchblade yeah. um, and they basically say, um, Leave us the body, um, or stay here, we'll beat you up, and then you look up, we'll get the body, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, got Chris, the Chris is not giving way, he's um, despite the fact Ace says he's going to cut him up with his knife, um, he doesn't give way, but um, they've forgotten that Ace has brought his father's uh, pistol, uh, yes. They've had a bit of hijinks before, again, how no one died earlier in this movie because <laughs> so, they, they, they got a pistol and they're like they pretend to shoot bad guys with it, you know. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah, and, it's loaded. Um, yeah, he says, is it loaded? No. Bang! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Scream and run away. Um, but they do have a loaded gun. Once again, 12-year-old with a loaded gun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, Gordy has this and points it at Ace. Um, and after a bit of kind of standoff saying, you're not going to shoot, uh, Gordy just looks him dead-eye and calls him a dime, a cheap dime store hood. Yeah. Um, and who can face such language like that? <laughs> so so a- Ace finally, Ace, Ace finally realises he might indeed get shot over this. So they... Um, they, they go back, you know, threatening to beat them up later, which I think they do. You can't imagine they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they get a beating for it. Um, but the boys think that they wouldn't claim credit either. So they just make an anonymous phone call and, and trudge back to Castle Rock. Yeah, they do. Uh, and, and that was it. They, as The boys uh, arrive at their journey. They're all kind of, um again, I think Vern's still a bit upbeat in terms of like, oh, I'll see you all at school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, they, they drift away in terms of disappearing from the, you know, they fade into the scene. But also, they say, you know, years later, they just didn't hang around with each other anymore. You know, one, Vern married after high school, Teddy got into the army, or Teddy got into jail after failing to get into the army. Um, but, but he did stay close to, Chris and Gordy stayed friends, and then Chris did manage to get into college, um, get it out. Uh, became a lawyer became a lawyer, but again, he tried to break up a fight in a restaurant because he's always a peacemaker um, and got stabbed to death. There um, okay.
0: um, well, you He ends the film, doesn't he, with, them, um, I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone.
1: I mean, that, that is, that is, you could say that, that's just the whole thing about the film, isn't it? That's, yes. that's front and centre the message of the film.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's such a Stephen Kingism as well. Yeah. That, that, that centres. And also, um, no. I can't remember any anyone that I knew when I was twelve. This, we'll, we'll come to this too in terms of the the, the, the plot, the, the the themes of it. I mean, twelve. No, I don't remember anybody.
1: Substitute, substitute friends for action figures, and I'm oh, right there. Then, i then never we, had any action then figures maybe. later, like the ones I had when I was twelve. Jesus, is anyone? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with that.
0: Yeah, that's that's true, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, not actual friends.
1: But I will say, um, the fashions. The, the kids smoking, the random yeah. violence, the yeah. kids going the swearing. the swearing nothing dates this film more than the <laughs> yeah. computer he's typing on because yeah. it looks like the kind of thing you'd launch a missile with, it's, it's yeah. just a, it's a green it screen, is isn't it? yeah, a it's from war writer. games yeah, it's like, bleep, 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 so he's typing away. I mean, this the idea is this guy's like a Stephen King professional writer, he's in a lovely house he's got his <laughs> kids of his own, and he's yeah. typing because he's a big writer, but it's like I yeah. think you never wrote a novel on that, did you? What a barbaric age that was! <laughs> but even uh, when he turns it off, you know he's got a, a, a five and a half inch disk floppy disk that he's had to put in there to save the save the. Uh, well, the I mean,
0: the 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 only thing is that the um, somewhere in time, um, our previous film on, on weekend at Crombie's, what was that late 70s? That would have been a typewriter.
1: Yeah. So Some you know, typewriter
0: people... doesn't feel as dated. No, it that doesn't, does it? Though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, there's something there's something the analog nature of things make them almost timeless do not they yeah but that, that's but, very true yeah. it's like a record player doesn't feel old does it
1: no you, you could know. put a record player now you think
0: oh classy yeah they? but you <laughs> look at some of those old cd players you think oh no what's <laughs> yeah. that one about <laughs> you're classy yeah you get one <laughs> so of those computers you that you're typing on
1: yeah, we still play board games you still play you know snakes and ladders now you think that's a board game but you get out your simple like <laughs> what age are you from <laughs> anyway we um, just a little bit uh, but yeah. for that for that um somehow how think long, long we stretched out this joke well, half an hour that's, only, not only,
0: bad. that's not bad only a third of the actual length of the film <laughs> <laughs> um
1: and so with that uh, i think now the time is to to come and have a, a small soda pop and a large amount of uncooked meat um <laughs> as we take a break <laughs> and join us <laughs> while we look into the themes of stand by me
0: Welcome back, dear listener. We have um, thoroughly dissected the plot of um, Stand by Me. I've had a, a packet of um, Marlboro Lights um, it was in the meantime. A mini baby Bell. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so this is the bit where we start. Oh, this is terrible. This is the bit you wouldn't get blooming. I don't know. I can't even think of someone who'd be really good at talking now. <laughs> 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 You wouldn't You wouldn't get David Land Bellamy talking like that, would you? <laughs> David Bellamy. <laughs> He's the first person that popped in my
1: head. The famous raconteur, David
0: Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> David Bellamy was the first person that popped into my head. What's he doing in there? <laughs> Maybe that's the galaxy talking. <laughs> They've just given me that. I've David Bellamy. A bit. David Bellamy.
1: You, I, I've never heard a word said against David Bellamy.
0: No, certainly not in the last twenty years. Given that he died. A while is he back. dead? Of course he is. He must be about one hundred and twenty. I'm going. To, you sent me to Google now. He must be dead. Yeah. He, oh, he died in two thousand and nineteen. There you go. Yes. There not you that go. long ago. Eighty-six. Ah, I just loved David Bellamy. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a, this isn't the David <laughs> Bellamy appreciation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's season three. Would you like to
1: lead us in, or have you given up hope?
0: No, that's fine. Um, Welcome back, dear listener. Um, I've puffed on a a pack of Marlboro lights, and um, we're ready to deep dive a little bit more into Stand By Me and the films of Rob Reiner, um, given that this is indeed Weekend at Crombies 2, The Legend of Crombies Gold, the Rob Reiner 7. So, I mean, Hugh, do you want to kick off? Anything you wanted to say about the the film itself before maybe we, we go into Rob Reiner a little bit?
1: Okay. Uh yeah, the film itself, I mean, this is is almost self-evident, but I'm gonna say anyway. Um <laughs> is it uh <laughs> yeah,
0: well I hope you are because this so is the, the podcast. Isn't
1: the it? 1980s were a oh, time of incredible nostalgia for the 1950s. They were, and, and of they, course yeah. it's it's a kind of a truism that everything works in cycles because of course by the time that you're you're old enough to control the movie, by the time you're your are yeah. writers and directors, you remember the time. So now you know, the um Again, the '90s were terribly reminiscent of the '70s. You know, we're now terribly reminiscent of the '80s, and yeah. this kind. So we we yeah. we flash back to different things, but somehow it felt a lot more the connection between the '80s and the '50s felt a lot more visceral. I mean, maybe because that generation of filmmakers all seemed to come up as one or something like that. I mean, I get there's a bit of nostalgia now. I and mean, if you're going to be nostalgic about anything these days, it'll probably be about the 80s, something like that. But, yeah. you know, the, the, the 80s were seeped
0: in the 50s. It was... I, you know what? I think that there's... I, I agree with you. I, I yeah. do. The 80s was seeped in the 50s. And it seemed, it seemed to be very very seeped in the 50s but the I wonder, wonder that, years
1: you had yeah
0: uh, oh yeah well, you had happy like days back, back to the future well, back to the future is literally about someone from the 80s going back to the 50s so <laughs> you know I mean that like, is that's, that's that is like pure undiluted nostalgia isn't it yeah yeah that's what that is but I I also wonder whether there's a bit of nostalgia in our thinking there as well because the 80s were was the decade where my my film burgeoning love really emerged um that's a terrible sentence but it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's the de- it's the decade where i formed my uh, my first memories are from the 80s my my initial views w- were probably formed in the 80s you know films that i watched in the 80s are indelibly you know inked into my memory as it were um much more so than the '90s or the 2000s, the '80s are the—that's the decade of the films that they're my first films almost. Yeah. And so, if I'm watching films from the '80s and they're predominantly nostalgic about the '50s, I'm probably thinking that there's something about there's something extra special about the '50s yeah. that the '80s has kind of tapped into. So it it kind of it extends into the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because again, I I agree with you. It's the same for me. And also, you don't because it's a foreign country anyway. You don't mm. quite know. Because it, it, when, you, when you're, you know, when you're, um, you know, preteen watching movies, you can't quite discern whether this is just how things are in America or whether it's thirty mm-hmm. years ago. It's just America, and yeah. just because they're going around on, dirt, you know, dirt tracks, they, you know, they still look like kids. Is this, a, you know, is this, a, is this a bygone story? And of course, now you were growing up, you spot all the
0: cues of why. Yeah, you can't It's hard to discern the context, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because like I remember, yeah, if um, <laughs> it's like yeah, Back to the Future. It was. It was difficult, above the fact that he, his parents were younger. I wouldn't have spotted nineteen fifties uh, hill, uh, hillside on an eighties one. It's like they they still diners, they still movies, they still American accents and cars and everything. It's
0: like really. Yeah, um, but the, the, the thing that makes Back to the Future different is, as you say, it is it is someone going back to the fifties from the eighties. Yeah, so yeah. you at least know that that's oh that's the fifties. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. But. Like the Wonder like... Years
1: I remember watching The Wonder Years and not quite getting it was meant to yeah. be a long time ago Happy Days I yeah. certainly didn't
0: realise it was
1: in no. his 50s or at least if I did I thought was it made in the 50s and it's just showing us a rerun <laughs> yeah. like with Greece I remember watching Greece which was late 70s but still kind of vibe it's like yeah. I didn't quite know it was set in the past for me it was just set in America
0: yeah yeah exactly well they do say that the past is a foreign country don't they right. also,
1: therefore the foreign country is also the past
0: well there we go um, so maybe yes, we'll didn't that didn't make much Look sense us. <laughs> 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 no it didn't but <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that was the first thing. Is where well, was that? Deeply nostalgic. But again, that's the obvious thing. But also, it's nostalgic um, not just for a time, but also for a kind of a childhood. Because yeah. no child again, I'll, I'll, people may have had childhoods they they, they recognize in this, oh, but d- nobody d- this had a childhood.
0: childhood. Is n- no, nothing.
1: No one had it, Like I mentioned the treehouse in the recap. It's because. Everyone thinks of a treehouse. You know, yeah. you, your gang's got a treehouse. It's you know, it's got a trapdoor you go up the middle of. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you keep all your gang stash in there. And you, you hang out there and you make your plans. But no one's treehouse is perfectly built like that. I mean, that's practically right. a shed in a tree. Yes,
0: yeah. uh, but I, I I go further than that, Hugh. So I, I I think that a lot of what you see in films like Stand By Me is manufactured nostalgia. Yeah. Um. I I don't even know. I mean, again, maybe this is just what happens in America, but tree houses as children i never saw one <laughs> surely kids didn't have tree houses and so i kind of think it's it's almost the it's the false nostalgia it, it's it's the nostalgia that didn't really exist it's the memories that are, that are, that are it, it's cinematic nostalgia isn't it it's not yeah. real nostalgia
1: i think if you're going to compare it to to, to the brit to the uk it would be um, the Secret Seven, The Famous Five. It would be yeah. um, kids of a certain age completely let off the leash from adults having kind of adventures and responsibility that they just wouldn't have had. But because it happened in the past and you may remember having a certain amount of freedom as a kid, you can imagine yourself like that.
0: Yeah, but, but I no. think Stand By Me is slightly different though, isn't it? Because it it's it's a harder edge, isn't it? I mean, like... Uh, oh yeah, yeah, these are lashes of ginger beer. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so as 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 childhoods... Go, I think. Stand by me is a manuf- It's a it's it's a manufactured childhood. I, I don't recognise anything. And again, maybe that is because it's America. But, um, y- but you get you get a lot of that in a in kind of eighties America. Amer- Americana. It's Americana, isn't it? Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. It's a, it's 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 a it's a. I always feel like it's a remembrance of things that never happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they are built up to be m- something important. They create that national identity.
1: It's like that American graffiti as well. This is slightly before yeah, the eighties, yeah. but, but coming into it from George Lucas, where again they, all you know, all of Lucas's contemporaries rem- remembered or liked to think they remembered. But that's it. Making making the hot rod cars and riding around yeah, picking up girls yeah. and just having adventures and this kind of stuff, and maybe that happened oh, once. Maybe some yeah. of
0: that. Some of that. There will be elements of the truth in that, wouldn't yeah, there? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But but, but the, the the life of that with the, the golden the golden CPS summers and all this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's shot through a different kind of lens. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the thought of it. It's, it's nostalgic, not only in its, its setting, um, but also in its contemporaries. You know, all four boys are archetypes. There's the ringleader, there's the sensitive one, there's the goofball, there's the, 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 the chubby kid, there's, yeah.
0: The, and I all... mean, it's the Goonies, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, is that kind of thing. Yeah, the, yeah, come on, the, the Goonies, I think, is an interesting comparison because, yeah, they, they are set in the 80s and, also archetypes, but in some way, it's it's because it's it's yeah. it's even though they have like a big pirate adventure and traps, because the pirates are all jabbing over each other, all excited. Yeah, and,
0: um, yeah. It feels it feels a bit more. Oh, I just this is going to sound weird, but it, I think it feels a bit more natural. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff in um, there's a lot of stuff in Stand By Me, which you know, children, twelve year olds. I mean, look, I don't have a twelve year old, but Twelve year olds don't talk the way these kids do in Stand By Me, do they? I mean, but I think they talk more like the, the kids in the Goonies.
1: Yeah. They're shouting at each other, they're, the they're
0: talking over each other. It's a bit more haphazard and chaotic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, so this uh, the nostalgia of it sweeping through it. Um what else did I think about it? Go
0: on. Well, I was just gonna I was gonna i'm gonna add to the nostalgia thing, but I I I I think it's a combination of things as well. There is that '80s element to it, but I think it, it's also Stephen King, um, and Stephen King's writings are, do, do have a nostalgic tinge to them, don't they? They have a, they hark back to um, Americana. I think Stephen King is a really interesting author, and he's quite he's he's um, he's a bit marmite, I guess, really. But I'm I'm a big fan of Stephen King novels, um, and f- I, I'm a big fan of them often f- for the reasons why I don't often like novels. That's going to sound really odd, but Stephen King um kind of um the the way that he writes dialogue um or narration I guess is very flowery and very it's overtly nostalgic i mean almost all of stephen king's films have an element of uh, um, books have an element of nostalgia in them and i think stand by me is a really quintessential example of stephen king i mean the the, the richard Dreyfuss narration yeah that's pure stephen king because actually that narration in, in the novel in the novella probably works quite well it's not needed in i don't think it's needed at all in the film um really although it does it, you know it, it it, it, it adds context but you can kind of work it out but in in the novel in the novella it's a very it's a very stephen kingism i think a lot yeah. even nowadays his books really do talk they, they hark back to that camaraderie yeah. that friendship of youth a lot of his films a lot of his books you know talk about youthful friendships and stuff like that yeah and like here's it, some, for yeah. example
1: yeah yeah definitely but here's something interesting actually, i guess about the, the, the point of the film is it's it it doesn't have a again a plot in the conventional sense because mm. if it, it's quite sad. It's um he yeah. reads about the you know, almost the hero of the story, Christian but who's dead already. Yeah. And he's not trying to solve the mystery or even come to terms with anything. He's just remembering. Um so the, the the narrator, the framing device, is just someone remembering. And he doesn't, you know, though he I guess comes to a conclusion about, you know, I'd never had any friends like when I was twelve, he probably knew that already. Yeah. Um and so it's not it's not so much even, you know, the, the finding the body, you know, the, the cliche, it's all about the journey, really. It's, um, the whole thing is a look into their characters and and their experiences at that moment in time, which is unusual for, again, any kind of film, for, for a, a very successful film, to just frame it on essentially, you know, four characters. Four
0: kids, yeah. Four, four kids. kids as well. Yeah. Um, Basically, and a lot of doing is, nothing.
1: Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they well, they 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 get chased by a dog. They g- get leeches. They have a bit of a scuffle, and that's about it. Yeah, it's a,
0: it's kind of like um, it it's a it's a I suppose it's a it's a builder's rom. Was it builder's rom?an Is that what it is? Oh, the, yeah, the con- yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's that kind of um, it's a coming of age story, but it's also a journey. It's a literal journey, isn't it? You know, it's 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 that kind of Nordic view of of how you tell stories, which is. The metaphorical journey and the literal journey take place at the same time, but the journey, as you say, is the thing that's is the most important thing, not the destination. In that context, yeah, Um, yeah, it's and I, I, you know maybe kind of a little bit harsh on on the film when I was watching it because I was thinking well kids don't talk like this and you know this kind of stuff wouldn't happen etc etc but but it's kind of not the point is it Um and I, I think the film is is almost it's viewed from their perspective a little bit as well isn't it or it's, it's certainly viewed it's viewed from Richard Dreyfuss's nostalgic view which is yeah. why maybe those kids they probably don't talk like that or behave like that but it's not I don't think it's the truth, as it were. It's it's Richard yeah. Dreyfus's memory, um, it's it's it, it, it's it's Gordy Lachance's memory of what happened, and so he's going to build it up in a literary form, isn't he? Yeah,
1: stylistically, talking about the way they talk, mm. it's um, it's they it made a stab at this. didn't quite go full in on it, but it made made suggestions where they basically show the kids. Jabbing away with gibberish. There's like mm. when they sit around the campfire yeah. and they're saying we talk it's quite about quite a funny things, scene, you know scene isn't it? Yeah and, yeah, and they they're basically phasing. It. If I could eat anything, I'd eat purple pears every day. Every day of my life, purple yeah. pears, no question. Yeah. And they go to like you know, can Mighty Mouse beat up Superman? Don't be an yeah. idiot. Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman's real. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, they, yeah. They, what
0: they is Goofy?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. What what is Goofy? Yeah, Mickey Mouse is a mouse. a duck. What's Goofy? He's a dog. No, Pluto's a dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, and all this. Kind it's of, a good question. Oh, Goofy's a dog. Of course, he's a dog. <laughs> oh okay pluto's <laughs> just a simpleton
0: yes true that's right well uh, pluto's a real dog absolutely
1: uh but where were we so basically they have these but it's shown as snippets basically it fades in and out they don't have basically what would be described as a tam and Tino-esque conversation yeah where they yeah, ramble they about do. pop culture yeah, for nothing yeah. and they don't quite go fit in on that they, they hint at it the fact they 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 have these gibbering conversations that mean a lot to them but are ultimately you know banal but they don't quite fully commit to it um, in the way that they commit to the really moving um, moments of, of, of kind of in the in the dark when they they run with their thoughts and they just yes yeah, basically despair that it, you know, their friendship is is finite um but you know, they're, they're <laughs> they'll be stuck in this town forever
0: yeah i i still don't believe that 12 year olds would do that <laughs> moving element though I it's one of those weird things where um the the scene in the campfire i think's sp- quite revealing because that i think is much more how you'd behave almost all the time it, even more so than the i mean again maybe it's because it's the 50s and it's a nostalgic view but it, it, you know even the kind of the, the they sing don't they? they 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 get into kind of patter and they sing and then they yeah. they um they you know insult each other's mums and all that kind of stuff i kind of get all of that but more it just be stupid being stupid yeah because yeah. I, I, I mean you know being Being a 12-year-old, I mean, I couldn't believe they were 12, to be (laughs) honest. I thought, well, they must be at least 15 or 16, because how could they possibly be talking like this and doing what they're doing? A 12-year-old is just, I mean, they're 12. You'd you'd, you'd be at home, (laughs) wouldn't you? You you wouldn't even bother with any of that. Or maybe this is me as a 12-year-old, I don't know.
1: <laughs> they didn't they didn't have uh, you know uh, Spectrum ZX's uh, in those days where you could stay <laughs> no. at home indoors
0: all day. I but, suppose um, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, poor deprived kids. But, but, uh, no, yeah. but I do take your point though. I mean there, there is there is a um it, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite get the balance right, I don't think. The almost the, 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 the scenes that are quite moving they feel a bit forced yeah. um I think and the scenes that are um much more about them being playful uh, almost too obviously, them being playful. This is eh, hey, these group, he's twelve years olds doing this. eh, hey, that's great. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's a. I don't know. It doesn't quite hit. It doesn't quite get the balance right. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, and you I, I think there are. harking back to the Goonies again, it felt like their gibberish was more natural.
0: Yeah, um, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The gibberish felt more natural because I'm not because it felt stupid.
1: Yeah, it, 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 I mean, was, I'm not
0: saying it was funny. It was kind yeah. of annoying, but that's what I would imagine. It's
1: yeah those, right <laughs> yeah i, I think though coming to the casting of it now is that you're right it it was it was it was difficult difficult to foot naturally but i think it got away with it a lot because of the, well, the calibre of the performers and again yeah, I we, think we so. already mentioned River yeah. phoenix yeah. um i think they all the casting is good i mean they uh, there's yeah, not I mean, a bad actor amongst again not a bad actor with there at all actually um the four the four kids are very good um again we said th- three of them are very much child actors
0: but they're good child actors Yes, um, they are. They and are, and the, c- the supporting cast is excellent as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, because um, yeah. there's parents uh, Gordy's parents been played by two good character actors as well, and they—they—they obviously they, they, they they're they're not that sympathetic. They are grieving. Um, yeah, like almost, almost the one character who isn't believable and i think he's not meant to be is the john, john cusack
0: Den- right? yes, denny. Denny. because he's
1: yeah. he's a marvelous older brother I mean, he's just, yeah. he doesn't put foot wrong he's supportive he's kind he's playful he's he's get great everything and of course he is the memory of denny
0: yeah of um, course because the reality of older brothers is that they're not like that people just get in
1: <laughs> dead legs every time yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> they just, they leave home and then don't yeah. come back. And you think, well, what happened there?
1: Yeah, but you, you, you see you see him, and again, you see him, he is shown in flashback, and it's very sepia-type flashback as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, again, Keith Cylinder is great as the leader of the Gang of Hoods. He's, yeah, um, he he's incredibly menacing. Um,
0: they got uh, Casey Siamasco, who's, you yeah. know, um, I, I hark back, a uh, classic Bob Hoskins character.
1: He is, um
0: you Know of of the the game, Bob Hoskins. I was
1: thinking he's not being, yeah, no, he, he, he
0: Listeners possibly, will not know Bob Hoskins, the game. Yeah, I was thinking he's made them an insane reference. It's, <laughs> yeah, a, it's a six degrees, a seven degrees of
1: separation game where you've got to name actors who are filmed with other actors. And you're quite right, Casey Samasco being a in both one, young and a lot of films with other
0: future. people. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, Beard is a good turn as well. Um, and yeah, so it's a, uh, and it, it uh, just to, to hammer home the point. What a talent we lost with River oh, Phoenix.
0: Because yeah. wow, is he good? Um, I mean, he's a star, isn't he? He's an absolute star. Um, I'm thinking you,
1: you've, you've got to think um, he'd be at DiCaprio levels now if he'd stayed alive and hadn't managed to keep on the tracks. Um, yeah, because I think so. He had real star power.
0: I mean, bigger maybe. You know, he he would be. He'd have he'd have won Oscars. He'd have been. I, although I actually was thinking this when I watched it because I watched this yesterday. Yeah. And I was thinking, God, I mean, what a loss. I had this very thought what a lost river phoenix was if he was alive now he'd have been in three or four marvel films
1: <laughs> 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 he
0: would have been though wouldn't he
1: <laughs> well there you go man. lucky escape <laughs>
0: he would have been <laughs> i like to think that he would have he would have maybe trod uh, a, a different path um although for you know far less popular path um but yeah, and I agree with you, he'd been up there. He, he, you know, he'd been, talk- I think he'd been talked about like Brando or, um, you know, De Niro of the 70s, you know, or or yeah. DiCaprio, you know, people like that. Yeah, yeah, he had it, didn't he? He really yeah, had yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, just a handful of films, isn't it? It's a, it's,
0: yeah, it's my a, own it's a blink private blink. Idaho, this, Explorers. <laughs> yeah,
1: Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> Yeah, just
0: briefly. Blink, blink, yeah, yeah, handful, you,
1: you yeah. Cast, yeah, cast a young Harrison Ford, and there you go. So, uh, yeah, yeah blink exactly. and you'll miss it. But there we go. Yeah. Uh, very sad. I think
0: I think he's, you know, tragic in the same way that um, uh, so tragic. tragic. I can't remember the actor's name. Um, oh, what was his name? Who he played the Joker in the Batman film? Jack Nicholson. No, in the newer one. This is something our age. Was oh, he died? He died. Oh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah, a bit like yeah, that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of star quality, just something, something about him. And I mean, in this, as you say, he looks at least five years older than anyone else. But I don't think he was. I think he's just. I mean, he's he's one of those actors. He's very charismatic, very handsome. He, he's just the camera loves him, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, really, really good.
1: Yeah, there we go. To come with the actually the filmmaking of it, I did think this is probably. Um, well, this would have been, I guess, part of the plot of the short story. But I think it, uh, it's. It's a you wouldn't have seen it as much in the short story. But I actually think the mechanic of them following the railroad tracks is brilliant mm. because it's it's a constant. it's a constant. It's yeah. a visual. It's a visual reminder of where they're going, and it allows the audience to always orientate themselves. You know where they are. Yeah. Whether they're on the on the tracks of left the tracks in somewhere else, and because whether, whenever they leave the tracks, they have to go to the junkyard or go through yeah. the leeches. It's problems they, they,
0: happen, didn't they? When They, they, they leave
1: the, the tracks. When they're yeah. back on the tracks, you know they're going towards their destination. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it's so it's it's a it's a central point that's visual for the audience. You know you can orientate yourself with it. Um. It's also a source of threat because there was one brilliant scene when they're crossing a bridge. Oh, it's
0: really it, good. They isn't they've
1: got they got to cross a railroad bridge over a ravine, and the idea is, look, you can go five miles round, or you can walk literally like 100 metres to yeah. get across the bridge and you know what are the chances in that 100 metre walk that a, that a train is going to come along <laughs> well, if it does come along you're finished because there's nowhere yeah. to go we I can't would say what are it. the
0: chances the train come along it's 100% isn't it because otherwise <laughs> yeah. it's a really boring scene that they've yeah. set up for nothing
1: but it's very tense because of course <laughs> it, it is because if it was me and I thought and, and you know if you thought okay when I mean I probably would risk death to avoid five miles you know it's five miles <laughs> 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 but um, but if it was me you'd think you'd just pelt over that bridge and oh, not Oh, you wouldn't walk. But this this slats beneath it is, yeah. is the river because it's a tall yeah. bridge as well. So there's there's danger all around. And I probably would have chose the Verne method of going over on yeah. hands and knees. I think
0: I would have had to have, yeah. Of course he drops his comb.
1: My comb! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then of course again um Mind you, if I, I wouldn't have had Gordo's patience, because uh, what happens is that uh, that um, Chris and Chris, and Teddy,
0: him over, Chris and
1: Teddy get across the, the bridge quite safely. They're a few; they're not far from the edge. Um, but yeah, Gordo is stuck behind Werner's hands and knees, and train or no train, I'd have been sick of that.
0: <laughs> Just would yeah. have been over over the edge, wouldn't he? Yeah, like
1: he'd like him. Yeah, yeah, he joined his comb in the in the, in the, in the briny. Um, <laughs> But yeah, sure enough, yeah, the train does come. And uh, there's a bit of CGI in there, obviously, oh, a blue no, screen
0: probably. No, it was, um, it, yeah, I can't remember what it was actually, but they um, it wasn't blue screen or CGI. It was like, they used mirrors. Okay, um, yeah. Literally, they used mirrors to make it look like um the, the train was closer than it was.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was a real train. And again, it put, yeah, in the nature yeah. practical effects, it was a real train coming for yeah. them. And it took them a again. week
0: to film it as well.
1: Oh, did they? Um, yeah. I did. I did hear that they they looked genuinely upset because um, Rob Ryan was shouting at them to look more upset. I think.
0: Well, he 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 um he told them that because they filmed it five or six times.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, he'd, he apparently told them that the the crew on the train um, who were like some tough guys were getting really annoyed <laughs> and tired that they had to keep doing this and they were really angry with the kids. <laughs> so you better look. You'd better look angry this time. <laughs>
1: And this, it is—it's a—it's a great one because actually, when uh, Will Wheaton shouts "train," it's all slowed down, and it is yeah. like he's yelled "shark" because everyone's like, what? Oh, yeah, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." Um, <laughs> so they all—they all they leg all like it. Um, so that's a good moment. But again, they, so the train—the the tr- the tracks were a source of you know of, of constancy and danger, and it's the yeah. whole sort of plot. It's a nice thoroughfare
0: that gets you through the film. Well, I, I, again, I think we mentioned this at the start. I think th- I think that the the train tracks are both literal and metaphorical aren't they um in in that they are that they signify the journey that's been taken but they also signify the the kind of the idea that you might you know you might um deviate from from that track and when you do deviate from 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 the train tracks it's more dangerous and you know so i think there's a lot there's a lot in that i think um it is kind of
1: yeah that fairy tale of you know you don't leave the path because you're right when they do leave the path they get into trouble
0: yeah they do they do and um you know so I think that there's there's probably something in it. and you know in a, in a, in a coming of age story um, you've got you, you, I, it's it's sad isn't it because I think it does almost mirror real life because obviously Corey Feldman had had significant troubles as well with like drug abuse and um, you know prison time and all that kind of stuff as well and, and obviously River Phoenix so you, you almost think car oh, blimey, these you know it is almost you see them growing up on screen didn't you and you know what yeah. happens to them yeah. with the knowledge of hindsight.
1: You said they they didn't stay on the tracks? They didn't stay on the tracks, did they? No,
0: they left the tracks.
1: Whereas Will Wheaton didn't became a, a geek uh, legend, and uh, and Jerry Connell didn't married a supermodel. So you know, there, we go. there you go.
0: Yeah, there you so, go. <laughs> <laughs> they won, didn't they?
1: <laughs> they won. I don't know. I don't think we're saying we've been robbed of Jerry O'Connell's screen performances, have we?
0: He doesn't care, does he? He's married you know, to to um
1: to Mystique.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, eh, what does he care? He's probably got a massive house as well. No doubt, house. He's probably got a massive house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I anything yeah, like, could have yeah. ended like that. It's like uh, I never had any friends when I was like when I was twelve. <laughs> I bet he's got a massive house right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh blimey. Um, anyway, I, so t- talking about the stylistic quirks of the film as well, because obviously this is our Rob Reiner season. Yes. Um. You- I have to say, and you know, that there's there's five more films that we're going to be watching. Can you I I'm still unsure as to what a Rob Reiner film looks like. Do you know what? I would
1: have I would have said again, what was so is I'm now rambling. I would have said he was quite a good director of children, as not it. He's he's good he's good at doing this kind of kids' film. But apart from the Princess Bride, there is no more kids' films in the Renaissance. I mean the no, sure thing isn't. is, kind of a teenage film.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's
1: it's, 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 it's not like Chris Columbus, where he, that's his shtick, but it
0: feels like he does it really well. Like, Stand By Me is like, where'd that come out of? That, that... Yeah. And Princess Bride, although it's a fairy tale, I don't find it's not a children's film, though, is it? I mean, it is yeah. a children's film, but it's. It's,
1: but it's not a film with children in it. It's got one no, child. No, you're isn't? right.
0: Yeah, 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 you're right. The only other one I can think, actually, the only one in his entire filmography is, is North, which. Would suggest that he's not very good at directing children because <laughs> you know that's got a letterboxed score of 1.9. Yeah, um, to run. Um, yeah.
1: But so, yeah, so you're right. I'd... Yeah.
0: It, it, so I, you know, as as so, a as a theme. Yeah, but if we put um, it
1: together, heartwarming is one thing. The two films we have both watched are quite heartwarming.
0: They are, I suppose. And I mean, this,
1: this, this is warm, heartwarming in a very way. You're not, you're not so much warmed as you are moved.
0: Yes, I suppose. You do feeling particularly good. So, I so is is it fair to say then that Rob Reiner is excellent at relationships, or um, playing on the heartstrings? Is he playing yeah. playing on the heartstrings? Maybe, but just you know, bringing he he's really good at filming or representing um, friendship, perhaps. Um, certainly, in these two films, I mean, you know, obviously, we'll 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 have to think about this at the end of the run that we do. Yeah. Um, not all of the films that we're going to be watching look. But yes, looks I mean, at that, yeah. but, but friendship you know,
1: this, is a big thing in the last two. Yeah.
0: Well, it wasn't. You know, I think perhaps it is in it is in this is spinal tap as well isn't it 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 is in the princess bride i think um uh the sure thing i'm not sure but you know a few good men probably not but there's something there about loyalty perhaps or yeah i'm not sure Uh, you know so in terms of the themes of rob reiner i can't can't think of it and in terms of his stylistic approach
1: well heavily character driven so far because we've had almost zero
0: plot in the last two films and a lot of character very true very true um yes actually that's a good point um And that might be a theme that we see throughout so you know i'm quite excited to see you know if can i can i can i identify a rob reiner film right you know because yeah again you know we've mentioned it before but this is spinal tap the sure thing stand by me the princess bride when harry met sally misery a few good men that's a hell of a run yes (laughs) that's a hell of a run isn't it it's incredible and again not a similar run (laughs) no very different genres in there and let's not forget he didn't have six or seven films before this is spinal tap to get himself you know, *Spinal Tap* was his first film. That was it. Yeah, yeah. So this is his first seven films. Remarkable. It is remarkable, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. remarkable. Um, and *Stand By Me*, um, as I think it's not as well known now. It is. It is a well-known film, but I don't think it's as well known as, say, certainly not as well known as *When Harry Met Sally* or *The Princess Bride* or even or *Spinal think? Tap* actually. Like, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Do you I, not? I, I, Maybe it doesn't, think... it doesn't sit in my kind of consciousness as much.
1: I mean, well, it was very popular at the time. It made a massive amount of money. It was hugely successful. Yes, um, $57 million. $52
0: yeah. million off a $7 million yeah. budget.
1: Yeah, so that's that's one thing. Um, but I think it's obviously not as big as The Shawshank Redemption, but I think it has that same cachet. Those who've seen it will tell others about it and will carry it with them. It's like, yeah, oh, I that'll... really like this movie.
0: Yeah, that's pro- you're probably right I there. Think it, I think actually? it means
1: a lot to people who it means a lot to.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, a really good phrase, actually. Yeah. Um, and it it's it must be re it's i suppose it's one of those films that that's rewatched yes, a lot yeah, and, yeah. and maybe that you know that is a that's a signifier of, of um rob reiner's career isn't it because those seven or maybe the sure thing not quite as much but my the reason why i'm fully um fully knowledgeable about the sure thing is that um growing up it was my sister's favorite film yeah. so she, you know she has seen that film so many times she's a little bit older than me so mid-80s she would have been a teenager yeah. and that that was just oh my god John Kuzak in that and that film absolutely you know I've just burnt seared into my consciousness <laughs> the sure thing is um and she still bangs on about it now. Um, oh, God, it's, it's ridiculous. Maybe it she'd be but, our third listener. That'd be exciting. Yeah, well, maybe it would, yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, this is Spinal Tap. is a, a solid rewatcher, isn't it? Yeah, Stand yeah. By Me, you know, you'd rewatch that a lot. Princess Bride is a solid... When Harry Met Sally, and people are, you know, how many times have you seen that film? Like, 10? 11? Mm, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yep. Something like that, right? I mean, even Misery, I wouldn't say it's a particularly commercial film, but it's a... It's whatever. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's it's and you're unlikely not to have seen it if you're into this kind of movie.
0: And I think you're probably unlikely to, to have only seen it once. Really, it's yeah. it's one of those films. If it's on the TV, I'll probably watch it. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that kind of film, isn't it? Yeah. men has got some. You know, it's just known. So he seems to watch eminently rewatch. He seems to make eminently rewatchable films. So there is something. Well, that's in the definition in of a classic, isn't it? Something that continues it to is, isn't to, it? to pleasure upon every watch. I suppose it is, isn't it? And yet he isn't. um He's not considered an an auteur, though, is he? He's not a, you know, he's not your Martin Scorsese or your, <laughs> or your, your, um, you know, your Stanley Kubrick. I mean, I suppose it's it's maybe unfortunate that he's making films that are perhaps slightly smaller scale. You know, Stand by Me is a small, it's a small-scale film, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, but, but it's done well. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's interesting. It's it's you know,
1: yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, because they're all good films. They're, again, we 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 watching them; they're all good films. Mm. And yet they don't seem to have the heft that you would say, oh, this person, you know, this is, this is a great film that, you know, an auteur has done. But they're all fantastic and they're not easy to pull off in every different genre. So, yeah, there's uh, something yeah, in there. Well, but,
0: yeah. You know, no one no one talks about a Rob Reiner film, do they? This is a Rob Reiner film, whereas, you know, a David Fincher film, you know, a David Fincher film. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, I could tell you a David Fincher film without knowing who the director was or what the film was about. It's like this is David Fincher. It's got David Fincher's grubby hands all over it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what a Rob Reiner film looks like and feels like. Yeah. Yet, maybe maybe there is something there.
1: Yes, we shall see.
0: Um, there was something interesting I wanted to to mention about the film as well. So Stephen King obviously um, authored the film. He was offered a hundred thousand pounds. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was offered $100,000 <laughs> um, for the rights of the film. And um, he accepted the $100,000, but also wanted 10% of the um, profits from the film. Okay. So canny Stephen King because oh, well, it yeah. made a whole load of money
1: well again not, well, I'm sure he was pleased, uh, pleased by the profits but also again I think he was shaking when the um the film was shown because it 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 had captured it so well yeah. and I do believe that rob reiner got the misery gig off the back of doing this so well
0: of course because misery
1: is a misery Stephen, Stephen King, King not... as well so we yeah, came back with course, misery but course. I think it was yeah it was the, uh, the he got into uh, Stephen King's good graces from doing this so again yeah, misery was a yeah. uh, in for him
0: and um, I think he said that this is, uh, up until the, that point, Stand By Me was his favourite adaptation. And he's a yeah. notoriously prickly character, I think, Stephen King. Um, well,
1: the, which, author, which author really loves their adaptations? Of well, them.
0: yes, I suppose you're right, aren't, aren't you? Because, you know, if it's in your mind, you know exactly what you want the film to be, and it can't ever be that. But when you when you look at how much he hated things like The Shining, for example. yeah, um, And yet... Um, yeah, the these two films, I think he was a big fan of um, *Stand by Me* and *Misery*. So there we go. Yeah, so yeah. we we shall see. We shall see. It intrigued as to where we go with uh, Rob Reiner, um, but uh, I certainly enjoyed the first two films that we've watched.
1: Yeah, should we take a break and give us some scores? We shall. <laughs>
0: something to be said about a film that is less than 90 minutes long as well. Oh my goodness. And I you mean, see, When you Harry Met Sally that. as well. Yeah, it was you, like you know you're in for a good time. i say not a, not a sore Well, yeah, it's you a... think, I, I, I'm not going to go to bed late tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always, I almost always think I can concentrate on this film because it's not too long.
1: This is what I was discussing <clears throat> the other day actually, when we put it on I was thinking it's um how come in a movie industry where everything is being you know I don't want to diss it too much because I still enjoy movies but you know homogenized and and commoditized mm. to, to be honed down to the most economical thing why are they allowing movies to be long surely in a yeah. 90 minute movie you'll turn it around the the theater quicker get them in and
0: out I completely agree and yeah I, I, don't understand I, I find why, it why bizarre to
1: happen because I mean no I, I mean it's obviously it's easier to make a longer movie. In the same way, it's easier to long- write a longer letter. It takes craft to hone something yeah, down into a shorter yeah, yeah. form, and um,
0: to I, do it in ninety minutes. I, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I think, and, and that's not to say that I don't enjoy long films, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. but um, a good ninety-minute film is almost—it's a work of art yeah, because yeah. You, you've, you're in and out, and in that time, you have to connect with the characters, understand the plot, think about where the movie's headed, have an emotional connection um to the film and and yeah all in 90 minutes i think it's i suppose it, it, it yeah it's a it's a real craft it's a real work of art i don't know how, you know that's that for me feels harder than making a three-hour film
1: my pet theory is that because as i understand it the movie industry works by the, the studios get money from the ticket sales but the cinemas make their money from the concessions mm. so someone in an audience for three hours is going to eat more popcorn
0: are they though? Because I mean, I don't, I don't. Yeah, well, that might be the case. But when I'm in the cinema, yeah. when I'm in watching the film, yeah. I'm there. I say I'm not leaving the, the yeah. seat. Uh, me, me too. As, but I think
1: we might be we might be outliers. I think people really? stock up. I think they sell a lot of popcorn. That's oh, I suppose the way true, yeah. business. Yeah. They want the big gulps of, of, uh, of soda and the big popcorn. And I think that is what keeps the cinemas going. I think they don't make a lot of money off ticket sales. Um, mm. They make the money off all the periphery. So I think keep them in their seats longer. It probably it helps the cinema more because if a ninety minute
0: film you don't need to eat anything you're in and out but you know at least you want yeah, but you still would though i still think you would have some popcorn so i mean like with a 90 minute film you could say if you could get six of them in in a, in a day yeah but you could only get three three-hour films in
1: yeah well, anyway well, I don't know. Who well, knows yeah, maybe, maybe it's just poor filmmaking and no one's calling them in check because you know the uh the, the three-hour movies will win the oscars or whatever but i think yeah
0: well the, it's the epic they're considered epics aren't they and epics uh they tap into the human the human condition don't they but i don't know if you can if you
1: can finish it, nice if
0: you, it if you can tap into the human condition in 90 minutes yeah. that's a more impressive feat in, in my mind
1: yeah a book isn't better because it's twice as big <laughs> <laughs> well
0: nothing is no he a says book... <laughs> he says gratefully <laughs> 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 he says but, he says oh, hopingly
1: <laughs> but if football matches don't last three hours and
0: they're only better <laughs> No, nothing is. Nothing is. Nothing's necessarily better, longer. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. it's I don't we? know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs>
1: we're going to give some scores.
0: Yeah, let's give some scores on the doors. Okay. Would you like to begin? I will. Yeah. So this this might. I mean, I think we've we've talked quite quite openly and and um positively about Stand By Me. Yeah. Um. And this might sound a bit odd, but I, I although it, there's a lot going on in it that I really enjoyed, I was, I I was left a little bit um, thinking, what what's all the fuss about? <laughs> to a certain extent, I have seen Stand By Me a few times, but not for a long, 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 long time. And yeah. um, I, I, I I wonder whether the the nostalgia of a film like Stand By Me has worn off a little bit in my youthful watching of the film, as it were. Um, and now I'm seeing. The film slightly differently, and I'm seeing the, I'm seeing it from a more kind of adult perspective, and I don't know that the, that things didn't quite hold together. Having said that, having said that, um, it is iconic, I guess, as a film, um, and that can't be denied. It has a very strong, you know, central performances, particularly from River Phoenix, and um, the, you know, the the story of the journey, the journey itself is. Um, it's one that, you know, has a place in everyone's heart, I guess. Really, so I'm going I'm to give anyway, waffling on. I'm going to give it three disembodied crombie heads.
1: My goodness.
0: Is that controversial?
1: Well, it's just it's interesting. I wish I had gone first because, do you know what? I have yeah. almost exactly the same reaction that you did.
0: Really?
1: Honestly, and uh, this is this is terrible. I feel because I feel like you know um the episode of uh, of uh, Seinfeld where Elaine doesn't like the English patient, and everyone's like, "What do you mean you like the English patient?" I'm going to watch it again, and she's a pariah <laughs> for not liking. Because I feel awful for not clicking with it because yeah. this is this is a great favorite of my good lady, and she watched oh, yeah. it again with me when we watched it, and said it's still brilliant. And I was like, "I'm not getting it. What what am I not getting?" Um Yeah,
0: what am I not? I felt that as and, well. I,
1: yeah, and I think it might be because again, um my wife having never been a twelve year old boy. <laughs> maybe just doesn't, doesn't doesn't connect with what it was actually like you, know, you, you you could write off the emotions and the nostalgia and the feeling of it was for me it's like that's not true to me i, yeah, I didn't have yes those friends. yes i never't had that experience no. i can see I, it, it doesn't ring true for me and and yeah I, I guess yeah the nostalgia and and everything around it just wasn't enough for me and i i again couldn't see what all the fuss was about even though i really admired the, some of the performances all the performances were great some of the best performances were really good yeah. it was well constructed it was well well acted and it was entertaining to get me through but as something I'd want to go back and revisit i think it's 3 for me as well i, yeah. I wrote it down to 3 so it's so strange that he
0: connected yeah and i think i'm done with stand by me you know i mean yeah. and i mean i don't mean that in a bad way because you might know it I, I don't think it's a bad film it's it's ostensibly demonstrably a good film yeah. um and I can understand why it's really held in high esteem for people. I really can. I really can. Um, I, I just think it's. I think it's a. It's a version of nostalgia of a time that didn't really exist, really. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it's a bit. It's a bit contrived, and therefore the emotional impact isn't quite as strong as it could be. Um you know? Yeah,
1: I just didn't get the again the the central premise of Stand by Me of the, the yeah. four friends having each other's back and and looking after that. I just thought, well, you're showing it to me, but I don't feel it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If you yeah you need, you can't just show it. Yeah. You can't just say that that this is the case. I have to believe it as well. Yeah. I think partly maybe there's a bit of saturation with films like Stand by Me as well because Stand by Me has influenced so many other films in the kind of cultural consciousness yeah right yeah. up until now even films you know tv programs like stranger things
1: yeah, yeah
0: i feel like they're the same type of thing aren't they so you know yeah, stand so by stranger me...
1: things openly homage they had a whole railroad track eventually. oh did they yeah ah, it was, it was right, like okay. we're, we're doing the stand by me bit now yeah. so you're, you're quite right maybe it's been so saturated it's it's gone through the looking glass and beyond now so it's hard to see it fresh but
0: oddly oddly hugh i felt somewhat similar about when harry met sally as well ah really yeah um not quite to the same level but you know i have in the past given when harry met sally five you know i would consider it an absolute stone Mm. cold classic yeah i think it's you know it it's still great but it wasn't quite as good as i remember it
1: Maybe the central theme, because I, I can think of a few other films in the oeuvre where we might find the same thing. Maybe the central theme of Rob Reiner's films is they've been done to death.
0: Well, maybe. Maybe he really was great at tapping into the, the zeitgeist. And everyone copied him. And everyone now. copied him. Yeah. yeah,
1: Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I won't name them, so we'll come to them when we come to them. I can think of a couple of films where we think, oh, I've seen that done a lot now.
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot. So and we'll see. We'll see. Often not as good, yeah. but then buy things that are done not as good. They almost taint the brand, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. And all good. So well, that we was are. thoroughly enjoyable. Youth.
1: Yes. So, uh, one more marble light straight after a meal. Was the best <laughs> time for smoke as the uh, the twelve year old advised us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so weird. I mean, that if that doesn't tell you that it's an eighties film, I don't know what does. You know, twelve year old <laughs> smoking swearing. It's the eighties. It was a renegade decade for films, wasn't it? It
1: is but even with the swearing you wouldn't have said it was a 15 it's rated 15 um yeah well there's really, the odd there's the odd... 15 and robocop's 18 an
0: oh, the... i think robocop's an 18 yeah yeah
1: but um yeah i'd uh that would that would be a 12a at
0: best now you think yeah easy. with i don't i think it would be a solid 15 now what with all the ch- child smoking Oh, actually, the smoke is the probably worse than the the, the swearing. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and this the odds isn't there an isn't there an MF in it? There might have been. There might in have which been. case, that kind of almost that's de facto a fifteen.
1: Yeah, although there's also, a, there's also a cheap dime store hood. Would you think he'd really run out of good swears? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, come on, that's <laughs> like if you're, you're going to face someone swear, down. <laughs>
1: yeah, if, if if you've got a gun in the front of your arch enemy,
0: <laughs> bring <laughs> out the c word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's if ever there's a time, it's then. And with that, we
1: should, uh, we should leave you to ponder um, what you would say to Kiefer Sutherland when he's got a switchblade at your face. Um, as we wish you, uh, well, we look forward to our next one. We don't know what it'll be because we're richly going off piece. We'll just pick at random the next of the seven films we're doing. We uh, we follow no chronology, but um, join us for the next one. Or indeed, join us for our, our main series, um, the even less uh, listened to <laughs> Weekend at Crombies when we got an exciting film coming up. But uh, until then... Whatever time it may be, whatever whatever time you may be in, <laughs> wish you a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crumbies. Good evening, all. Weekend
0: at I wouldn't last two minutes. What, in a war? In a war, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, Neither would I. In fairness, a lot of people don't.
1: But, but that's, that's why
0: true. It's that's why it's called a war. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's not a walk in the park with a slice of cake and a massage, is it? I could survive that.
1: Walking in a park with a slice of cake and a massage. What kind of? How do you think massages work?
0: (laughs) What kind of park is this?
1: Yeah, it's gotta be Macarthur (laughs) Park because someone left the cake out in the rain.